As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting Earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like, who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing a Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers! The Planet Trade Organization has touched down on yet another planet to conquer. After sending his minions across the world to quell its populations, Frieza considers for a moment how easy it is to bring a world to its knees. It is then that a bolt of lightning strikes the ground in front of him, and the chiseled physique of Thor now stands before. You are a foul creature, and I am here to end you, Thor bellows. Heh, you think fighting me will stop the world from being taken? Frieza casually replies, If I kill the head of this snake, the body will fall. Thor replies as he begins to spin his mighty hammer, and this battle is about to begin. It's the God of Thunder versus the Emperor of the Universe. It's the strongest Avenger versus King Cold's prodigy. It's Thor versus Frieza. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Ray, I am so freakishly pumped 
for today's battle. This is a James Gavsey, I'm using air quotes, a James Gavsey battle through and through. This week's battle is the meat and potatoes of who would win. In fact, it's this type of battle that was the genesis of who would win. It's it's what you get when you cross the greatest warrior from Marvel Comics and the you know put him against the greatest villain in all of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. Ray, I know you're probably as excited as I am, so what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I think you're about to get stomped into oblivion, James. I don't know what you're excited about. This Frieza versus Thor matchup has all the trappings of Bambi versus Godzilla. Thor going down. Two questions. Why are you so confident and why are you thinking Frieza is like Bambi? First off, how dare you on point number two? But I will say the reason I'm confident is outlined in my three points, which I will present later. Nice try, James. Not giving you extra time to think about it. Here's the thing. I am super confident in Thor beating Frieza with no disrespect to Frieza. Frieza is like the best villain, I think, by far in Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. Fair. Super powerful. Uh, Thor comes out of the gate looking like he's already a Super Saiyan. That in itself is going to freak out Frieza. If you say so, James, I don't see anything freaking out Frieza other than a Super Saiyan Blue with a giant sword coming out of nowhere. That's fair. I mean, we see that you know, every day. This battle is going to be absolutely crazy. And speaking of something that's crazy, it's actually time to introduce our judge. Coming back for a third time on the Who Would Win show, it's the creator of the tiny evil dinosaur. It's Eve Esquire. Eve, thank you for coming back on the Who Would Win. Thank you for having me back. It's so great to be back. You know, we're super excited to have you here. You're one of the fan favorites. Ray and I think you're fantastic. But I got to ask, you know, please tell me more about the tiny evil dinosaur and, and why you felt the need to create it. I work a lot with toys for like most of my comedy. Like I did a doll improv show for a long time. I've done doll sketches lots of dolls and i was recently trying to figure out like how to channel my anger because i don't know if you know about this but during this whole this whatever it is you get angry so i just began talking to myself in this very tiny voice and then it just needed something very scary to match it such as tiny evil dinosaur tiny evil dinosaur has tiny evil thoughts and you know, that's like, what if the world is the way it is? Because Ben Affleck didn't marry Jennifer Lopez mm. and just goes off on a rant and a tangent. And afterwards, you just feel better just for letting it out. What kind of dinosaur is the tiny evil dinosaur? Well, I describe Ted, tiny evil dinosaur, T-E-D, as a Lisa Frank inspired stegosaurus. The Lisa Frank inspired stegosaurus. Okay, interesting. Why a stegosaurus, not a tyrannosaurus, not a brontosaurus? There was an audition process. Oh, fair. I had a whole bunch of dinosaur toys on the table. I was going to go for the raptor because you think, you know, tiny evil. You got to go for a raptor. But this guy, this guy just kept standing out. I, so, he just kept doing things. He wasn't taking direction well. He was just doing things and not obeying. I'm like, that. that's what I need. Got it. Okay, so... Nobody um, can interview, nobody can audition inanimate objects like I can. I've heard that about you, and I, I have to agree with that. Eve, I don't know if you know this, you, you're a, a massive fan favorite as a judge for the Who Would Win audience. Ray and I disagree on pretty much everything. That's not a, that's not unknown to the, the fan base. But the one thing we actually do agree upon is that you are pretty much the most intellectual of all of our judges. I don't think anyone comes as prepared for a battle as much as you do. No one takes as many notes as you do. And I've got to ask, what is your clearly unique process and approach for being a Who Would Win judge? 
Well, I know the typical way most people, you know, with just facts, like who's stronger, who's faster, who's this. I like to look into the mindset because you can have all the power in the world, but if you have the mind of an infant and the emotional intelligence of, of clay, it's not going to do you any good. I don't care how powerful you are. I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> I, oh, I, I wasn't didn't... saying you have the emotional intelligence of a piece of clay, Ray. Not out loud. Well, if it's not out loud, then it doesn't count. So thank you. That's fair. That's fair. Our indoor thoughts. Eve, listen, we could talk to you all day because you are awesome as always, but we can't as we have a titanic battle to discuss. I'm freakishly excited is what I'm trying to say. So with that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the Asgardian who still gets grounded by his dad, Thor. And representing Dragon Ball Z, the coolest villain you'll ever find, Frieza. All right, well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for it. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, Ray, what version of Frieza are you using? Look, we're doing the Dragon Ball Z anime version of Frieza because that's the one I have the most familiarity. Look, I've watched the entirety of Dragon Ball Z like two or three times, maybe two and a half times would be the official way to say it. And I've personally watched the Frieza saga probably like eight or nine times. So I feel pretty good about using this version of the character. Maybe that's why I'm so confident today. That's fair. That is a very powerful version. Okay, so I decided this is going to surprise you to actually use the MCU version of Thor. No, you didn't. You uh, lied and then like I thought a dog, twice. James. And then I thought twice and I said, you know, Ray doesn't deserve that he doesn't deserve it he deserves the full the full power of thor so i'm oddly enough going to go with the marvel 616 version of thor in all of his glory surprise surprise rule number four debaters may only use examples of skills powers or weapons that are a long established part of the character's continuity feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed but will be given less weight rule number five the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death submission or battlefield removal finally rule number six the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Feel free to check out the official rules on our website at whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts all the time, especially Ray shirts. And by the way, keep an eye out for the James Gatsby shirt coming soon. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. 
So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every Plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With Every Plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So, I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from Every Plate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to Every Plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why every plate is America's best value meal kit. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Frieza. Frieza is a universe-spanning threat who conquers planets and sells them on the open market. He first appeared in the manga Dragon Ball number 247, Dark Cloud Swirl Over Planet Namek in 1989. He was created by Akira Toriyama to be the central antagonist of the series even before he first appeared in it. Frieza is the catalyst for most everything that happens in Dragon Ball Z. He caused the destruction of planet Vegeta, which in turn caused Goku to be sent to Earth. Typically, Frieza and his minions show up on a planet and kill everybody who lives there so that he can turn around and sell the planet to a new race of people to settle on. Frieza originally kept himself in a form that severely dampened his power in order to maintain better control of it, but he has since taken on several transformations as needed when facing bigger and better opponents. 
Fun fact. Frieza's third form is based, well, okay, more so totally ripped off from the H.R. Geiger alien design. But that's not the scariest thing about him, according to his creator. You see, Akira Toriyama has said that he based the idea of Frieza not on any historical warlords or warriors, but on Japanese real estate speculators, whom he called, quote unquote, the worst kind of people. This is likely how he conceived of a character who was very polite and precise and also seizes land from people weaker than himself to profit. That is Frieza. Those are scary types of people, by the way. Very scary. Yeah, that's... (laughs) All right, well done right now. Here are the details for Thor. So Thor first appeared in Journey into Mystery number 83 back in August of 1962 and was created by Stanley, Jack Kirby, and Larry Lieber. Thor is the Asgardian god of thunder and lightning, born to the sky father Odin and the earth goddess Gaia. Thor spent most of his young centuries adventuring in around Asgard, the extra-dimensional home of the Norse god Pantheon. The young thunder god grew up learning many things about combat and violence, but lacked honor and empathy, a state that troubled his father greatly. After many trials and tribulations, Thor was finally worthy and was given Mjolnir, an enchanted hammer with great power. Thor has been many things since that fateful day, a founding Avenger, king of Asgard, and a hero of countless worlds. But he has never forgotten his founding principles to protect the weak, stand against evil, and enjoy the thrill of the fight all while doing so. And here's an interesting fact about Thor. Did you know that vampires are afraid of Mjolnir, not because it's just really powerful? It's true. Vampires have a classic weakness, sunlight, or the few classic weaknesses, sunlight, stakes really hard, and all manner of religious kind of symbols and paraphernalia. So Mjolnir apparently counts among religious paraphernalia. As the times Thor has come up against members of the undead, he has made short work of them with his hammer. In fact, in 1983's Thor, number 332, he did battle with a battalion of vampires, including Dracula, and finds Mjolnir has a curious effect of immediately turning the vampires into piles of dust upon impact. That's kind of crazy. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Eve, do you have any questions before we get started? Yes. Is this Thor versus Jubilee? Is this why you bring up this point? I mean, I was thinking of that as a, you know, I was going to propose that battle to the Who Would Win production team. I just wanted more of a fair battle. I wanted Thor to have like a good, a a decent chance of winning. I feel that's a good. Also, Ray, it's hysterical because as soon as you started talking about Frieza, I wrote down real estate slash landlord. And then you Mm -hmm. said the thing. You said the thing. Also, quick question for Ray. Frieza, is this his gold form? Like, I'm going to be straight up. Anime is a mystery to me, and I, it's impenetrable into my brain sometimes. So I'm doing my best because I know Dragon Ball Z fans are I, – I fear and respect you. I just want to yeah, get that I will there. say, Eve, let me take you on a journey, and I will bring you up to the point where you need to be. Thank you. <laughs> cough, cough, Vegeta. Cough, cough, Ray. Killed him too, yeah. That's fair. All right, go ahead. Hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Frieza. Let's just talk about the basics of Frieza because there's so, so much. Look, Dragon Ball Z is one of the deepest, most convoluted out there storylines that you're ever going to find in any anime anywhere. Now, I'm sure there's stuff that's more convoluted out there, but as far as mainstream stuff goes, this stuff hits real, real hard. So let's talk about the basics of Frieza. Frieza was born from a, a very powerful man named King Cold. And he displayed a lot of high levels of power at a very, very young age. In fact, Frieza was a power prodigy, if that can be even a thing. Frieza is known as never training. Frieza never trained his powers in order to make them better, in order to use them better. He was just so much more powerful than everybody else. 
He didn't need to. It's sort of like, what if Superman showed up here on today's earth? There is nobody that's going to mess with him. Why would he need to learn Kung Fu? He just would walk around blowing everybody away. Look at Homelander and the boys for an example for that. So Frieza being a prodigy shows you how much more powerful Frieza is because everyone gets crushed by him. Everybody is afraid of him and he never even worked for it. (laughs) That's kind of wild if you think about it. Now Frieza boasts uh, telekinesis powers, has been known to lift people up in the air and squish them like Tetsuo from the movie Akira, just squish them like a little grape up in the air. And also, Frieza's basically immortal. I know that Frieza has died on a number of occasions, but the amount of damage and the amount of power and the amount of the character involved needed to kill Frieza has to be so well overwhelming Frieza that it just seems unlikely to happen in this Thor battle today. Not just that. Frieza is faster than light. Frieza moves so fast that to these other characters in the Dragon Ball Z universe, Frieza's movements cannot be perceived. That's how ridiculously fast, these are insanely fast characters to begin with already, and they can barely perceive Frieza moving while Frieza is knocking the living bejesus out of them. Also, Frieza uses the key energy central to the Dragon Ball universe, so this key energy is what allows for very powerful energy blasts. And these energy blasts can take anything from a giant ball of energy to a really, really tight string of energy that can shoot out and just pierce people all the way through very, very easily to what we know as the giant spirit bombs of this universe. One particular power that I thought was interesting to put on the table is Frieza has one called the Imprisonment Ball. And what that is, it's an energy field that will surround his opponent and the opponent cannot get out of that ball of energy. And then Frieza will go around and kick his opponent around the battlefield as if it was a soccer ball and just have fun humiliating while severely incapacitating the poor soul who's stuck inside the imprisonment ball. And if it works on these powerful Dragon Ball Z characters, I don't see how it doesn't work on a character like Thor from Marvel 616. Last few things I want to say before I get out of here. High amounts of regeneration. Frieza can take a massive amount of damage, and if it doesn't just not hurt Frieza, Frieza will regenerate it, especially in the use of these transformations. If Frieza's taking a bunch of damage, Frieza says, okay, I'm starting to get hurt a little bit. Let me transform up to the next level, at which point all of the damage goes away and starts over again like a video game boss, quite frankly. What more needs to be said? Thor walks onto this battlefield. Thor gets quickly bombed out of it. And that's my point number one. So no doubt Frieza is very, very powerful. Frieza is the main villain of Dragon Ball Z and, and really Dragon Ball uh, Super. He's the main character of that as well. Krillin used his uh, solar disc or whatever it was. Destructo threw disc. It at him, Destructo disc, threw it like a, like a Frisbee and cut off Frieza's tail, actually hurt him. The tail actually didn't grow back at all. So yeah. well, it was his I would final say transformation. He didn't have another transformation at that point to go to. Also, Krillin's Destructo Disc is the type of attack that can damage and go through enemies considerably more powerful than Krillin. It's sort of his one shot that he has. We almost would call it a plot device if we were being very careful. And the fact that Krillin is allowed to punch up, even though he gets whooped by a lot of people, he does have that one, what do they call it, puncher's chance. That's That's Krillin. And so, yes, that absolutely did hurt him. It hurts everybody. Got it. But he didn't regrow. What my whole point I'm trying to make is he didn't regrow the tail. The regeneration wasn't there. The healing wasn't there. 
if I'm not mistaken. Final By form. the way, that's not to that's not to put down Frieza. It's just to say there's limitations to where he can go. All right, let me go ahead and hit you with my point number one. I think we're on the same track here. Let's talk about you know the power of Thor. So Thor is the Norse god of thunder, but he's also considered to be the Norse god of strength and the Norse god of war, which means Thor is beyond super powerful. He's so strong that he's listed by Marvel Comics and the Marvel Online Wiki, the official one, to have strength that is unlimited. The only other person that's unlimited is Hulk, who we all know has no upper limit to his strength. Thor's feats of strength include destroying an arch weighing over a million tons, lifting what was called the Midgard Serpent, who was large enough to coil around the earth from head to tail multiple times over and kind of start crushing this grip. And this is just really the start, the tip of the iceberg, if you will, of the insane power of Thor. Check this out. He once closed an interdimensional hole in space and time by punching it. How you punch a hole to close a hole, no freaking clue. He did it somehow. He's that powerful. He broke the Silver Surfer's force field. Now, the Silver Surfer, the Herald of Galactus, uses uh, cosmic uh, force, you know, power cosmic, I should say, and considered one of the most powerful beings in Marvel, put a force field around Thor. Thor broke out of it, no problem. Thor easily breaks free of adamantium chains. Again, adamantium being the strongest substance in the Marvel Universe. He punches so hard that the shockwaves are strong enough to destroy planets. That's crazy. He's fighting this character called Gore, the God Butcher, who's going around killing gods or other gods from different pantheons. Thor went at him, they start battling, and the shockwaves were destroying planets. He takes on and knocks down Galactus, visibly hurting him. He, again, he beat the Silver Server in a fight. You know, there's these creatures called Celestials, where these massive giants the size of planets, humanoid forms come down. They seeded the original planets with life, considered, like, more powerful than the gods. Thor broke through the armor, took it on, destroyed it from within, Crazy, never been duplicated. He's taken on and beaten a full-powered Thanos. He's thrown a ship from Earth to outside of the solar system where it kept on going. He's KO'd the Juggernaut. You know, the Juggernaut, he can't be stopped. Thor did. He held a castle from being pulled into a black hole. Figure that one out. But he's not just powerful. He's also got, like, godlike durability. He had a conversation with a cosmic-level entity to ask him some questions. They did that in the middle of the sun, which means surviving in space isn't a problem. He tanks hits from beings like Hyperion, who's Marvel's version of Superman. And these shots from Hyperion, even Hyperion was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm hitting hard enough to destroy a planet. Explosions that destroy planets don't leave a scratch on Thor. Getting blasted by Thanos' energy, which took out Silver Surfer. Galactus got hurt, did nothing to Thor. I mean, by the way, this doesn't include his endless godlike stamina. I mean, I'm going on and on. This his stamina allows him to fight at full power for years. It's theorized he could fight the Hulk for a century at full power if he chose to do so. He's resisted the gravity of a neutron star. Again, a neutron star put a tablespoon of that into, you know, some substance. It weighs billions of tons. He resisted that power. He can move at super speed, can manipulate weather at a planetary level, can fly, has superhuman level senses. You know, listen... There's a reason why Thor has wins over the Hulk, the Red Hulk, Thanos, Iron Man, Gaur, the God Butcher, Silver Servant, and even Galactus. Because when it comes to overall pure badassery, Thor stands alone. And that is my point number one. Ooh, no, he's got control over weather. Boy, I hope rain patterns don't mess up Freeze's game. I mean, if that's really all you're coming to the table with, a little bit of lightning, a little bit of hammer talk, I think you're in deep trouble in this battle. Yes, Thor has some impressive feats. You know, it's amazing, though, that the guy who's able to, you said he wasn't being protected when he was at the center of the sun. It's amazing that he has so many terrible, terrible losses on his resume because every single character you just mentioned that Thor has beaten, he's also been destroyed by, sometimes on multiple occasions, a point I would like to get into just a little bit later. 
That's fair. Here's a, here's a difference. Thor likes to fight people at his power level. There seems to be a lot more of them within the Marvel Universe than there are for Frieza at that same level. In fact, he loves taking on opponents who are more powerful. But with that being said, let's go to our esteemed judge, Eve. Eve, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at so far with this battle? Well, uh, is this a good time to ask a few questions to uh, fully get it on straight? All right. First question for Ray. We mentioned the tail thing. Uh, yes. I also know that Frieza has been cut in half. That is and correct. And has been meant to regenerate. How is how is his healing factor? Is I mean, it? The, I, 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 you you kind of touched on it briefly, but the torso thing was never mentioned. So I'm I was under the impression that he heals but it's slow. What it takes to actually damage Frieza to begin with needs to be at a very high monumental earth shattering level. So Frieza often will just shrug off most of this damage when Frieza isn't just moving faster than light, avoiding it or putting up force fields or any of the above that what Frieza does. Now, if you actually do land the hit that can actually damage Frieza like a destructo disc, it's going to take something that punches that high because that is a very, very known in the DBZ world is a very, very strong attack, even though it's not coming from the strongest of characters what it says is he's able to take a transformation so officially the way i see it thor would need to beat frieza to the point of damaging him at least three times to start with if we're starting at base level frieza at the beginning of this battle because the transformation really it's sort of like the skin breaks apart and the new frieza pops from within totally undamaged ready to keep on fighting at a higher power level so that's sort of how a lot of this regeneration can happen so does higher mean fast, slow, medium? Higher means a more powerful, faster, more dangerous version of the one he was just fighting, often by exponentially. Okay, that doesn't answer my question about time, which is a point off for you. Well, what was your even question about time? How does his healing factor, time, space, how quick is it? Oh, he just, are we talking Wolverine levels or are we talking about you no. got to put vitamin C on it for two weeks with some Neospores? It's, not two, it's in the middle of a battle. He'll all of a sudden, you know, push everybody away and then deep down turn in like an altered beast. If you remember that game, Frieza will pull an altered beast to go into the next transformation. Okay. All if, right. if he has another transformation to go to. That's true. If Thor's actually beaten him three, four times up to that point, a very unlikely point because Frieza's base form could defeat Thor. So it just seems unlikely uh, he's going to do it that many times with the escalating power levels. Okay. Very good. <laughs> uh, just one last question for you, Ray. So you said he's a prodigy and the training was not, not really as concerned because he was so naturally talented. So Correct. he's very arrogant. Oh, definitely. Frieza doesn't think anybody can beat him. And that's why he gets so annoyed when he actually gets defeated. But then that defeat just turns to an immediate transformation. And then he tends to then turn around and whoop on whoever the heck just, just beat him. It's more um, of the shame of being beaten by somebody like that. Yes, I'm, I'm in agreement with a lot of it. Not everything, but you've done your homework, Ray. This is impressive. I mean, I know this character. Well, that's right. Eve, any additional questions? Yes, just a few for you, James. Number one, when you said he punched a hole to solve a hole, that just made me smile because I once went to a dance club where there's a giant fan and there was this young dancer who fanned the fan because that's how aware he was. I thought that was pretty boss Thor ass move. <laughs> That's a pretty good move, yeah. The punch That's a, a hole statement more a than a question. Yeah. But we have touched on Freeze's ability for speed. Uh, faster than light, Ray has mentioned many times. Now, we know that Thor is fast. I know in some circumstances he has been faster than the Silver Surfer, who is one of the fastest beings in the Marvel Universe. 
But from my understanding, he's only fast when yielding when with Milnor. Like he just can't like break into a jog and be like, oh, look at me, super speed. That is correct. So, and I'm going to get that into that with my point number two, but you're absolutely correct. The, Excellent. when he moves at super speed at that, you know, multiple times the speed of light, especially when he does one really cool maneuver that Ray will love, that is when he's holding Mjolnir. With that being said, he does possess superhuman level speed, but it's when he has Mjolnir when he's like faster than the Silver Surfer. Okay. And this one we may touch on later because I also touched on healing factor with Frieza. Thor is a god, but he's not immortal, correct? He is now pretty much immortal because of the upgrades he's had in power. Besides guardians are not... Okay, long story short, with your pantheons, you've got the Greek pantheon. They are immortal. As guardians, they age extremely slowly. So everyone thinks they're kind of immortal-ish. Thor's on a different level with all the upgrades and the power levels he's had, thanks to Odin and what have you. So now he's effectively immortal. Because I, I feel like there's more on the healing factor we're going to expand on. He, for the Thor point. does heal uh, very, very fast because he's got the godlike power and the mystical godlike energies fueling him within. So that that's how he heals super fast. All right. I don't want to touch on that more in case somebody else is going to bring up the point I have that's in fair. here later on. All right. Continue. I mean, Thor right. has been killed before in the Marvel Universe. I mean, let's not pretend. Oh, that's true. Just like uh, Frieza's been killed yeah. a number of I, times. I think they're both, as, as far as the mortality goes, I think they're on the same level is what I'm saying. Right. Like if you left them alone and they just kind of were like living their lives, they're, they're not dying. They're not going anywhere. Right. You need something bad to happen to them. Right. Right. We're on the same page. All right, Eve, as always, you know, you're asking great questions. This is getting fun. More fun by the minute. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two. And Eve, you kind of led me into this because I want to talk a little bit about Frieza's next form after the Dragon Ball Z Frieza saga happens in that Frieza is is killed not really. Frieza is sliced in half, tail cut off. It is floating through the space around the destroyed planet Namek when inevitably King Cold comes back and brings him back. King Cold fills him with cybernetic implants, a little RoboCop kind of a situation, if you will. And then Frieza comes back even more powerful than Frieza has ever said before. Problem is, Frieza shows up straight to Earth without doing any recon or research and immediately gets one-shotted by a character named Trunks. We all know it's going to happen. I'm going to put it right on the record first, and I'll let James manipulate that how you want. That's just to point out how ungodly powerful Trunks is. It's, it's a wrestling thing where you build somebody up really, really high, and then you bring in an outsider to defeat them to immediately put the outsider on that high level. That's what this whole deal was here. But Frieza, again, did die. Yes, that's absolutely true. But Frieza, after spending four months in the afterlife, is brought back to life to fight in another big old Dragon Ball tournament and has taken now... After four months that he spent training because he started to actually take all of this stuff seriously, Frieza now becomes Golden Frieza, which is by far the most popular version of Frieza that you're ever going to find, near as I can tell as far as Frieza actually goes. This particular one can compete with Goku, and it could absolutely be on the same level as Goku, maybe the most powerful character in the whole series, when he goes Super Saiyan God Blue. Now, that just means that he's t he's taken Saiyan level, then you go Super Saiyan, and then you go, or Super, you go Saiyan God, then Super Saiyan God, then Super Saiyan God Blue. So it's just a ladder on top of a ladder on top of a ladder on top of a ladder. Pardon me if I got any of those words wrong, because there's a lot of words that are very similar to each other. But for a while... This character, Golden Frieza, can hang with the most OP character in the entire Dragon Ball Z universe at that point. 
This is also a character who started taking life a little more seriously after being killed and put in hell, where Frieza was being tortured by what? By good things happening around him that he couldn't do anything to ruin. That's maybe the funniest part about this entire character is that was Frieza's personal hell, was fairies dancing around and sugar plum angels or whatever the heck was going on down there. And it was full of joy. It was like he was put in the, it's a small world after all at Disneyland on repeat for four months and couldn't get out or affect anything. That drove Frieza crazy and made Frieza want to train and take it seriously. So you're seeing the best, most competent, most ready to go version of Frieza when you're talking about golden Frieza. In fact, the whole thing with Frieza was he wasn't used because he didn't train. He wasn't used to fighting at these higher echelon levels of power. So his stamina would quickly deplete. That's why he could only hang with Super Saiyan God Blue Goku for so long before finally wearing down. However, the last version of Frieza overcame that. The training allowed Frieza to then maintain that high universe shattering level for a very, very long period of time. The one attack that I found that was actually good for Frieza against Thor is Thor moves very, very fast with the use of the hammer, but that doesn't really allow him to change direction very, very fast. He tends to go fast, but only in a straight line. Frieza has an attack called the cage of light where he essentially can surround an area, create a net or just surround somebody with a whole bunch of powerful energy attacks that will cut you to ribbons. If you get hit by it, if you even try to pass through it, if Thor is coming at him at a high rate of speed without the ability to change direction, Frieza can very easily put the cage of light up in front of him in front of where Thor is going to go. And if Thor can't change direction and goes barreling through the cage, the cage of light, Thor is going to be cut into pieces by these energy attacks. Thor will not be able to continue this battle. Thor will Mjolnir himself right into defeat. And that's my point number two. I I just wish there was a way that Thor had to deal with energy attacks that would not just help him defend himself against them, but almost like turn the attacks into his advantage somehow. I wonder if there's uh, a way to It's a shame that, that there's not. It's a shame I know, I know. It's, yeah. it, that would be so helpful right now. Hey, before we get there, quick question. So when Frieza showed up on Earth, you know, with his new cybernetic kind of enhancements and form, whatever, and you said, and this is actually really cool, you said it correctly, he was totally unprepared, didn't do any recon, didn't think, Nothing. hey, if there's a Super Saiyan, there might be a second Super Saiyan. I don't know. He his arrogance kind of led him into that trap, I think, of and then falling very short against Trunks, who kind of one shot him with the sword, or, you know, whatever took him out. It's a bad um, moment for Frieza. Definitely bad moment for Frieza. You know, Thor's had a few bad ones too. But quick question: Has that kind of similar arrogance affected Frieza in his most powerful form, the golden form, if you will, in a battle? Has that ever happened to him? Frieza has been surprised a few times in his golden form. The one was against a character named Broly. Now, Broly is this like unknown super beyond Super Saiyan. He's a legendary Super Saiyan. He's got power. He's probably more powerful than Goku. And he's a, a massive, huge guy, kind of like a slow thinking person, but a raging monster. He's like the Incredible Hulk version of a Saiyan, if you can picture that. In a battle where he's fighting against Goku, Goku leads him over to where Frieza is. Frieza's watching the whole thing. And all of a sudden, Goku whizzes by him. Frieza's like, wait, what's happening? And and all of a sudden, Broly shows up, is right there, and starts beating up Frieza. So Frieza can be caught by surprise, even in a trap of his own making. He should have never been surprised in the first place. Also, in this battle of the universe, you know, I guess, I guess they're fighting another universe in the Dragon Ball uh, Super Saga or series. There's a character named Jiren who moves even way faster than anyone. He catches Frieza by surprise a number of times in Frieza's most powerful forms. It's not to put down Frieza. It's 
just to say he gets caught and his arrogance really is is unintentionally used against it seems to be his downfall when he doesn't know the character he automatically or his opponent he automatically assumes he's more powerful i've noticed that about frieza over and over okay that's an interesting thing james so i hope for thor's sake that he can surprise frieza by bringing somebody at Freeze's actual power level to the fight. That would be I, an interesting way, except no outside interference is allowed in these battles. So I don't it, know that that Broly example is really going to work. Gotcha. I, I just hope, you know, Thor is like like powerful enough to match that level. Sadly, oh, that's he's right. Not. He's actually more powerful. Let me get to my second point, and all is going to be made very, very clear. I got three words for you. It's Mjolnir, Mjolnir, and uh, Mjolnir. So let's talk about his hammer. So Thor has what many people consider to be one of the most badass and powerful weapons in all of comic books. Mjolnir is Thor's enchanted hammer, as I mentioned before. He's got two properties for that hammer when it comes to this battle. When it's thrown by Thor, it's always going to come back. We've seen that in the MCU. We see that in the the animation, all that kind of stuff in the comics. Any obstacle that catches onto it is pretty much not going to be a problem. You know, it can go through plants, can go through suns, can cross the, you know, galaxies at super speed. It takes it moments for him to get that hammer back into his hand the other thing is only the worthy those that are worthy can pick up thor's hammer i mean one funny thing is if all of a sudden he puts the hammer on frieza's chest he knocks down frieza and literally just drops the hammer onto frieza's chest and says let's see what happens go ahead get up it's not going to happen frieza's not going to get up he may be able to burrow his way through the planet all the way through the other way but he's not getting up with that hammer on him it's something that thor's done comedically number of times throughout the comic books so mjolnir also hits with a level that's described as impacting with sufficient force to level mountains at the minimum planets easily at a medium level never mind what it can do at a maximum level mjolnir can also create vortexes and force fields which are capable of containing an explosion that would destroy a galaxy that's according to the marvel wiki mjolnir can emit powerful mystical blasts of energy control electromagnetism perform molecular manipulation which is crazy he actually Actually took the absorbing man, this villain who touches ob- the like metals, whatever, and takes the properties onto it. So he transmutes absorbing man, we turns into metal and turns him into helium. I mean, that's what Thor can do with his godlike magical power. He's got this blast called the Geoblast, which is an energy wave that taps into a planet's gravitational force, and that's a planet wrecker right there. That's not even his best one. He's got something called the God Blast, and it's so immensely powerful and destructive that when he fought Galactus, he hit him with that God Blast once. Galactus Galactus got so wrecked, so hurt by it, he had to flee for his life. That is Galactus, one of the oldest and most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. By the way, whirling or spinning around can create winds powerful enough, again, to pretty much destroy like anything in his path, including planets. You notice I'm saying planets a lot? Because that's the level Thor is at. He does stuff that can affect planets. He does. He's out, he fights on a gal- has power on a galactic level. This guy is powerful. By the way, Mjolnir can summon nuclear-level power lightning and shoot it at people. He can create massive hurricane storms and weather power enough, again, tell me this sounds familiar, to wreck planets. And if that's not enough, Mjolnir can travel many times faster than the speed of light. So one time Thor sent it to the edge of the galaxy and said, let me see how long it takes for it to get from the edge of the galaxy and come back. It was 60 seconds. That's how fast it is, which means Thor can move that fast as well while holding on to it. Mjolnir can also teleport. So it can teleport someone billions of miles away to another part of the universe. It can also create a portal and move that portal through over that person or through that person and send them to another dimension. And that's something he's done many, many times. Battlefield removal through teleportation, dimensional teleportation, whatever you want to call it. So if need be, why couldn't Thor just open a portal, 
send him to another dimension, send him billions of miles away. But there's more. He's able to use Mjolnir to absorb energy blasts directed towards him as a means of attack. So once that energy comes towards him, Mjolnir can absorb that destructive energy, then kind of reformat it, and then shoot it out and be used as a weapon. And that's something Thor Thor has done to the Silver Surfer, to Thanos, and to other cosmic-level beings who are, you'll never guess, planet-destroying capable people. What do you think is going to happen to Frieza when he shoots energy at Thor? Thor's going to absorb it, shoot it right back. All this put together is why I think Thor's going to beat Frieza. That's my point number two. No, I mean, look, you're overstating so much Thor right now. You know, you kind of, a lot of these Thor writers seem to be like, well, what does he need here? Let's just give him this other new power he's going to use one time and then never use again. Remember, James, these have to be standard things in a character's repertoire. Guess what? Moving real fast, being real tough, using energy shots all the time. That's Frieza. All of this whole matter manipulation. When you think of Thor, do you think of somebody who just walks around wailing on things, turning lead into helium? No, this is a one-time example that you're using. You should be... This is just it. Thor has no chance in this battle. So what you need to do is take all of these one-shot examples and pretend like they're all just sitting in his bat utility belt like he uses them all the time. Quite frankly, James, it's insulting, and he does not. Now, you talk a little bit about the worthiness and how many times has Thor become unworthy and lost his powers? That's a rhetorical question because it seems like it happens every Thor's day. <laughs> See what I did there? Thor's day. Brilliant. One, one moment that I can think of is when he was walking by Nick Fury. Nick Fury, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., leader of S.H.I.E.L.D., but a human with no powers. Nick Fury said one word to Thor, and then Thor immediately got depowered. What the heck does a man say to Thor that gets him depowered? So if you could be depowered by hearing a word, there's a very real chance Thor's going to do something dishonorable in this battle or something that loses favor with the gods, because it seems to happen all the darn time, and Thor might lose his powers in this battle. The other thing I just want to put on the record real quick with this rebuttal is the fact that you say Thor can move very, very fast using the hammer. This has been shown to be true, but he doesn't change directions. I can't say that enough. Frieza is a high-conscious being. Frieza will see Thor coming because Frieza also moves faster than light as well. So there's really no speed move that Thor is going to be able to do since he's coming in a very one directional way Uh that Frieza is not going to be able to just get out of the way of by stepping five feet to the left very, very quickly. Uh, I think you're confusing the MCU Thor with the Marvel 616 comic book versions of Thor. It would be a shame if I was, James. It would be a shame if I was. Thor is actually very well established as being able to move in any direction he needs to. The Mjolnir is really just an extension of himself. He can go anywhere he wants. He's considered to be able... By the way, he does not need Mjolnir to actually fly. He can fly on his own. Mjolnir just enhances his speed. And he can fly in any direction. Superman-type flight, not a problem for Thor. So you're saying if he's not working in a one-dimensional, one-directional way with the hammer, He's actually moving very slowly compared to how he can move otherwise compared to Frieza. He's in trouble, James. (laughs) The only one in trouble is the person saying my character's in trouble, and that's not me. You know, we can keep going back and forth, but we're at the turning point, Ray. This is where Eve, the genius that is Eve. Eve, you have to tell us who is ahead in this battle and what does the other side have to do to win? Can I ask both of you a question first? Sure. Maybe a few, because this was a very spirited round. And actually, some of the questions I wrote down while both of you were giving your examples, either of you challenged them or answered them. I'm very impressed with that. So this is this is one of the most exciting battles I've been part of. This is a question going back to the fashion, the faster than light, FTL, if you will. That's a acronym I learned today. Uh, Ray, how nimble is Frieza when he's being faster than light? 
I mean, exceptionally nimble. Frieza moves very, very fast, making everybody else not perceive Frieza. So Frieza can just do and go wherever the heck Frieza wants. There's really no limitation because Frieza can also fly at those speeds. So basically, Frieza is a lot like water in the Bruce Lee sense, whereas Thor may be with Mjolnir as, as an extension, more like a guy in a motorcycle who moves really fast. Yeah, throw a, la- throw a hammer at a lake and see which one wins. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's exactly accurate. Feel free to ask me questions about Thor, if you will. I would avoid thinking that he is not as fast as Frieza. I'd actually say he's probably a little bit faster at full speed. Mm. But you got to remember, too, Thor can fight at that full speed. Frieza is good, but maybe not as high level of a combatant as Thor is. Is Thor somebody who, who, when he moves at these speeds that you're talking about in combat, do his enemies who are that high level, like, say, Superman-type level, do they... Are they not able to perceive him when he's moving that fast? Because I don't ever remember an example of that. When he does move that fast at that speed, it is hard to see him. He's typically doing that in space, crossing millions of miles at a moment. But when he does move that fast, it's yeah, it's not easy to see what he's doing. When he's fighting someone like the Hulk or someone else, you got to remember when he's on Earth, he's very measured. He said that a number of times. He's got to be careful. He's a a hero. He doesn't want to do any damage to innocent people. He's got to be careful. So that's why people often think, well, he doesn't move that fast. No, he chooses to be that careful. That's why he doesn't use his super speed at like light speed on Earth all the time. When he's not destroying mountains and ruining ecosystems, you mean? That's true. Well, they deserved it. Okay. Yeah. Don't 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 make the environmentalist the evil person in here. We know that's a bad idea. <laughs> a few questions for James. We've mentioned that if Thor feels unworthy to yield Milner, if he feels unworthy, you can't lift it. Now, has and we've established that Frieza can be very arrogant, annoying. Now, has Thor ever encountered something like that on a daily basis in his home life? I'm going to mention that. Yeah, he's uh, encountered the arrogance beyond arrogance, Loki, who he's lived with with thousands of years. So thousands. Yeah. So he's already experienced someone who's got the arrogance, who feels they're above, who's also super powerful, who's been threatening Thor forever. So that's important because Thor never gets tricked by Loki. Oh, here's the thing. Oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, that's no, that's a fair statement. But you got to remember, Loki and Thor grew up together. Loki knows Thor pretty well and when he sets up a trap for that trickery it's an elaborate pre-planned kind of thing with plenty of knowledge and plenty of time it's almost like batman with two weeks prep time that's That's what loki has as as an advantage it's not a random encounter in a neutral location by any means yeah prior knowledge is important in those cases that's fair yeah very good very good yeah so you're at the turning point this is where you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out the win i mean to be honest i'm i'm kind of on Thor's side, I feel like this is something he's like prepared for. He's like he's gonna be in his element, if you will. I I I just feel like I, he's not gonna be that nimble. That that's one thing I can't get through. But I I feel like everything that Frieza has, he's kind of prepared and saying I got this. And I feel like Frieza's just learning. I mean, I think you're gonna have to demonstrate how Frieza can overcome a well-seasoned god who has probably been more disciplined all his life than Frieza has. I mean, for me, I, I feel like he's still an adolescent. 
Despite the fact that Frieza's been around a very, very long time, he still does have adolescent-like tendencies. There is no doubting that, but the power level is so much higher. I'll explain to you all this in my point number three. By the way, guess how old Frieza is, I found out. He's 70. I don't know. All right, sorry, Ray, I'm not sure where we're going with that. Okay, this is interesting. Very rarely is one side ahead of the other the turning point. But again, I've learned never to count you out. So go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Frieza. Let's just talk about the specific way that Frieza's going to defeat Thor based on Thor's previous losses. Now, Frieza is a planet-destroying character. It's not just that Frieza could destroy planets like James postulates about Thor's power. Frieza demonstrates that he can destroy planets, and he does so with impunity as well as regularity. Frieza is the one who originally destroyed the planet Vegeta. Vegeta is the home of the Super Saiyans. Frieza has a hang-up about the Saiyan race. He has deep fears that one day, according to some like weird prophecy or something in his head, that Frieza's going to be defeated by a Super Saiyan warrior. That ended up being completely true in the case of Trunks. But despite that, Frieza decided, I'm going to blow up the planet they come from, trying to end the bloodline to prevent that from happening to me. He did blow it up. In fact, Goku's very powerful father, Bardock, the most powerful Saiyan on the planet planet Vegeta at that time, came on up to fight off against Frieza. And Frieza did it from a fingertip, a little tiny little bubble of power, flicked it towards Bardock, overwhelmed Bardock, overwhelmed all of the people around Bardock, overwhelmed the planet Vegeta, blowing it up. Blowing up the entire planet of Vegeta, which has 10 times the gravity of Earth. So it's that much more difficult to blow up that planet than it would be Earth. And Frieza did it with a literal flick of a finger. Okay? This is who Frieza is. When Frieza was on the planet Namek, fighting in his final form, and starting to feel like it's not going well, Frieza intentionally destroyed the planet Namek underneath him. Okay? So his idea is, if I just destroy the planet and put all of us out into space, I can fly, I can live in space without breathing or anything else, most of the people I fight cannot. So Frieza's go-to move, if he starts to feel like he's in a little bit of trouble, is to blow up the entire planet nearly effortlessly. He would do it the same way one of us would blow our nose. Doesn't take a whole lot of strength and power to make that happen. But let's talk about some of the ways that Thor has been defeated, okay? Thor was defeated by the Mad King Thanos. He was turned into glass by the reality warping stone and then shattered into a million pieces. He was defeated by Emma Frost, not necessarily one of the biggest characters. Now, at the time, Emma Frost was uh, overtaken by the Phoenix Force. But I would argue that a Phoenix Force-level character is still not to the power of Frieza. And Emma Frost destroyed Thor, ripped him into ribbons by turning into a whole bunch of pieces of glass being flung away and then coming back and then ripping him apart by her own body, reforming and then making fun of him for dying that way. Thor was defeated in the Mighty Thor issue 385 by Hulk, who didn't even have a problem with him. He curb stomped Thor in Thor's own comic book. It needs to be said the name of the comic book wasn't Hulk whoops people. It was the mighty Thor. He got destroyed in his own comic book. That's disrespectful. He lost to Hercules. Hercules, not exactly a, a, he's a strong character. Yes. He is a God from the, from that world. Yes. But Hercules not exactly seen as being on a level of a Goku. Not, not even close. Hercules has defeated Thor. Sentry, a character who I think is much more approachable to Frieza has also defeated Thor without really too much trouble. 
Not to mention the fact that Nick Fury just beat him with one word. The point is, Frieza has defeated Goku, Gohan, Krillin, Piccolo, Vegeta, Bardock. He's defeated planets, and his go-to move is to destroy the planet. So if Thor starts getting in on him, which I don't even think is going to happen, but if Thor actually gets to the fourth form of Frieza, or even Golden Frieza for that matter, if we're going to start at a ridiculous power level, Frieza is going to destroy the entire world that they're standing on, putting them both in space. You would think, okay, no problem, Thor's got this. But there's an example from a fight that James brought to my attention a couple weeks ago, with the Red Hulk, and the Red Hulk fought Thor in space, and the Red Hulk destroyed Thor by grabbing Mjolnir the hammer and wielding it, because if there's no gravity, there's no power that says you can't hold Mjolnir. So if Frieza destroys the planet around him and puts them both into space, that hammer becomes almost a liability, because Frieza's ability to use telekinesis and just take it from him, or just knock him away with it, or just grab it as Thor's grabbing it and wield just as much power, if not more and then whoop Thor with his own hammer immediately has to be put on the table. Look, if a character like Red Hulk, who I don't even think could scratch Frieza, if Red Hulk can beat Thor using this method and Frieza is shown to use these similar methods in combat, Frieza's going to have no problem at all with Thor this way, and that's my point number three. Wow, wow. I think you tried to James Gavsey me. Well played. So let me kind of show you how you James Gavsey a James Gavsey when someone tries to James Gavsey you real quick. So first of all, that fingertip bubble of energy you're talking about when Frieza does that to Bardock, you know, Bardock launches a big beam of energy at Frieza. Frieza's, you know, launched that little tiny bubble. Frieza likes to screw with people. That's part of his his uh, maniacal side. So that little red bubble, what happened to it that he shot off his fingertip? It grew into what? A city-sized kind of huge, massive ball of energy that then destroyed the planet. Doesn't mean anything other than Frieza's super strong, but it wasn't like it was a tiny little iota. There you go. No, he tar- started off that and then grew it into a massive, huge ball of energy. Let's see. You're right. Thor can easily survive in space. So Frieza's main you know, attack of you know destroying the planet and then you're dead because there's no atmosphere, not going to be a factor for Thor. The Phoenix Force, let me just make something really clear. Emma Frost had the Phoenix Force. The Phoenix Force is a galactic threat. It can destroy star systems. This is something that can take on Galactus and absolutely, you know, possibly even wreck them. That's what Emma Frost had on top of her power to take on Thor. By the way, Thor came back from that too. Thanos with the reality warping stones is just like, you know, say Goku with the Dragon Balls. You know, he finds the Dragon Balls, he makes a wish, the dragon, eternal dragon comes out and grants your wish for him. So you're saying he lost to someone who can warp reality. Everyone does. That's a thing. Even Thanos lost to someone who also had a rally warping capability with the stones and used it against him. Let's see. The Red Hulk, I did use that. Now, here's what I strategically left out of that battle. So the Red Hulk is actually General Thunderbolt Ross. And he had previous knowledge of Thor, had previous knowledge of how to use the hammer of Mjolnir and what it could do, where it could be used, where it couldn't be. Now, he did take him on, took him on space, got a win, used Mjolnir because in space, it doesn't matter if you're worthy or not, it's floating. He used that and started hitting Thor with it, knocked him out, kind of, you know, took him down. He goes back to Earth. What happened immediately after? Thor comes down and beats him way worse than he got beat himself. Ever since then, Thor has handled Red Hulk very easily. So with all that being said, let me get to my point number three. And all I got to say is I feel something. Ray, do you feel that? I feel nothing. I haven't felt anything for years, James. Do you know what that is? What I'm feeling right now? 
Yeah, there's three letters I'm feeling. You got to know those three letters, Ray. If you Not don't, talking to you. yeah, it's fair. All right, I'm gonna kind of you know take you on a little bit of a journey myself. So as we break down this fight a little more, Frieza is definitely look, no doubt, is definitely most, one of the most powerful beings in the Dragon Ball universe, right? No doubt. However, Frieza's got some limitations and weaknesses. He's not that well-trained as a fighter. We already talked about that. He's got four months of training. He's a prodigy. He fights really well. He got that four months, and he fights much, much better than he did before. That's awesome. Compare that with the thousands upon thousands of years of training Thor's had, and you can see that when it comes to actual fighting ability, just on a technical standpoint, Thor is vastly superior. Secondly, Frieza, we already talked about it. He relies on being the most powerful person in a fight. He relies on being so powerful he gets there, he demonstrates his power, and he wants fear to be coming from all of his opponents. 99% of the time, he is that person in a battle. But that 1% time he's not, he falls apart. Falls apart. His confidence gets wrecked. He starts getting beat. He starts to question himself. He starts saying, how is this possible? How could this be? And that's what leads him to all of his major defeats. It's when he has to face someone who's as powerful, who are at least can keep up with him a little bit don't even get me started when he faces someone who's even more powerful like a character named jiren who is way more powerful than frieza he falls apart completely he's a mental mess thirdly frieza relies on trickery trickery and manipulation again that is not going to compare to what thor's had to face for thousands of thousands of years with loki fourthly frieza's energy attacks are his primary weapons right we talked about how he destroys planets he can blow stuff apart i already mentioned mjolnir is able to store vast amounts of energy and then shoot it back at people. Frieza's going to use his energy attacks on Thor. Thor will tank a whole bunch of them. He's like, you know what? Time for Mjolnir to absorb it like a battery, and I'll use that against Frieza. Ray, you mentioned this before. His free ultimate form, the golden form of Frieza, Frieza can't hold that for long. That is the problem. Frieza even says when he's fighting in this ultimate battle in Dragon Ball Super with the person he's fighting with, he's, I think it's Android 17, he's like, please, or Gohan, please hurry up. I can't keep this up for long. Thor has literally centuries that he can last or 100 years or more at full blast power. That's his stamina. It's never going to go away. Ultimate form of Frieza has got maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes? I have no idea, but maybe less. And then finally, Frieza's got no real battle or no defense against battlefield removal. If he gets teleported billions of miles away, he's gone. If he gets teleported to a different dimension or sent to a different dimension, he's gone. He doesn't have a defense to come back from that. As powerful as he is, Thor has sent Thanos uh, away, a silver server, super powerful beings away, not a problem. Battlefield removal, easy thing to be done. So let me ask you this. What would happen, by the way, if you took all of Thor's fighting ability, all of his magical ability, weather control, super strength, speed, and power of Mjolnir, and then you doubled it? Because that's what Thor can do. So he's got this thing, I'm going to try to pronounce this, called Megingjord. I really wish I could say this properly. And it's a magical belt worn by Thor that when he does so, Thor's natural strength and stamina and the power of Mjolnir all get doubled. And by the way, he can access this belt supernaturally, magically with the power of Asgard or whatever. He's a god, by the way. He can pull this belt out of the nether world, whatever, whenever he needs to and just put it on. And now he's doubled. When he doesn't have to worry about collateral damage or innocent people, he'll put it on. He is wrecking stuff. He's twice as fast. And by the way, one of my favorite attacks that Ray loves, the infinite mass punch. Get out of here with that. Yes. Oh, yeah. So true. Thor's actually done it. So if you don't know, the infinite mass punch was popularized by the Flash, who accelerates a hit from zero to light speed um, in, in less than a second, which increases the mass and power of the punch. He can technically hit harder than Superman. Well, guess what? Thor has done that before in space with planets against very powerful beings. He doesn't call it the infinite mass punch, but guess what? It is. In the end, as powerful as Frieza is, 
He just doesn't have the answers to keep up with everything Thor brings with him to this fight. And that is my point number three. I mean, you're trying real hard, James, because you're so far behind right now, and I don't blame you. But there's a lot of nonsense that I actually need to kick out of the way right now. First off, you talked about, oh, well, Thor just came down to the planet and attacked Red Hulk and then beat him up afterwards. What planet are they going to go back to if Frieza destroys that planet? They're stuck in space. That's a constant whooping until Thor eventually gets knocked so far away that he can't come back within the two-minute going. Also, the only reason why people were able to hang with Frieza in the Frieza saga to begin with is the fact that he was fighting Saiyans, the people he's afraid to fight. Why doesn't he like fighting Saiyans? Because if you get a Saiyan defeated and you bring him down towards death, he automatically, when he comes back, he comes back more powerful than he came before. That's why Saiyans keep growing in power as this thing goes on. So every single time Frieza would beat down a bunch of Saiyans, he'd go to a next transformation and he would scale up. He's used to the people he's fighting staying down here, okay? But the Saiyans, because he, they were defeated before, or even put near death, then came back even stronger, and they were able to keep fighting him at these higher power levels. Thor doesn't have that power. So if every you talk about, oh, two times the strength of Thor with the belt. We're talking like 180 times the power that he brought in his initial form. That singular initial watered-down form of Frieza is the one that destroyed the planet Vegeta and everyone on it with that little ball of light. Frieza, you talk about these like portals and all this other junk, whatever. Frieza from a character named Sidra was able to resist being completely dematerialized. Existence erasure is what this this particular ability is called. And Frieza was able to just shrug it off like it was absolutely nothing. So the last thing I want to talk about here, you talk about, yes, there was a time when Frieza in the golden form had trouble holding that form for a long period of time. But that four months of training, you have to remember, Frieza is a prodigy. So that four months of training in hell really, really did a difference because Frieza came back able to hold that form and that weakness essentially went away. Frieza was able to fight at that level for a high level period of time. So you could drop that weakness right off the table right now, Eve. I know you're over there taking notes because I can see you. Oh, I'm doing that. That's not a thing anymore. Four months out of 70 years. A prodigy. How much, how much, how many times did Mozart have to go to piano class before he just started crushing the keys? That's how Frieza is with battle, with fighting. That's just it. With all of that being said, Eve, we've gone through this. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. It's time. Bring your genius. Bring your analytical mind to the forefront of who would win. Tell us. Take us through your process. Tell us who you think wins this battle and why. With pleasure, but I just have a couple tiny questions, if I may. Does Thor have a go-to move? He has more like uh, go-to sayings. Yeah, he's like for like if he's fighting for people on Earth, he's like for Midgard or if it's for Asgard is that, you know, for, you know, Asgard, as long as there's four and then the name of it, that kind of just gets him going. It's like, you know, when you see like great athletes and, you know, all of a sudden they're together and like, let's do this for and they're like super pumped. He's a he's this warrior beyond warrior. He is the god of warriors, really is. You know, I, I kind of equate him to like Wonder Woman of the DC Universe. She's like the ultimate badass warrior. You know, everyone's like, if, if she's on our side, like Batman even once said, if I had to pick between Wonder Woman and Superman in a fight, yeah, I'm going with Wonder Woman. Thor is that person in the Marvel Universe. He has a lot in common with Wonder Woman as well because Wonder Woman also has no chance to beat Frieza in a battle. Okay. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, that uh, I just have, number one, Ray... I think like that power booger that Frieza has is pretty cool. I mean, 
pew. That's, you know, it's just a booger. Go away and destroy a planet. So you mentioned that Frieza's father is King Cold. That is correct. His name is Frieza? Yes. Dragon Ball Z gets a little goofy with all of the uh, names of characters. So, and you're saying that this is not an Omega level mutant, but you want Frieza, who they have a cold connection. That's is that correct. Frosty the Snowman in that picture? Because I will agree, Frosty the Snowman is an Omega level mutant. This is an autographed picture of, from Cena Grace of Iceman Art. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Masterpiece. Hashtag masterpiece. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, I. Frieza needs to mature a lot more, a lot more. He's 70 and like Thor is like, how many centuries old? He has go-to sayings because that's what old people do, but he does not have a go-to move because from what I'm hearing, he's very clever. It's like, oh, beat me up in space, Red Hulk. Well, let me try and think some more out. Also, Red Hulk did homework. Homework is what you do when you prepare. But what I'm hearing, Frieza has none of this homework initiative oh, of Frieza's just, not allowed to use homework. He's going to fall into this accidentally because this is exactly how he fights. Look, when you rely on your looks, like you do on a America's Next Top Model, okay, let's, let's just use this as a parable. When you rest on pretty, actually, no, RuPaul's Drag Race. When you rest on pretty, you don't win. You need to expand your repertoire. Thor has everything. He can do the lip sync. He can make the look happen. He can do the acting challenge and he can lip sync on his head. Whereas, I'm sorry, Frieza's a look queen. Notoriously the weakest queen. I'm not saying that he's not powerful. As I said, his boogers can destroy planets. Also, going back on the Emma Frost thing, she herself was shattered in glass. So she and Thor have that in common probably since that and use that to do that, which I mean, I think that's pretty powerful. It's like, I'm going to use sheer trauma. Emma Frost does not get enough due. She's very intelligent. But yeah, obviously we're winning with Thor. I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought Thor was just a pretty boy. And they're both descended from royalty, but they take it very differently. One has a responsibility, kind of like Conan versus Lionel, who I also cited because Lionel was very immature. Sure, lots of power, but how do you wield it? Frieza wields it like a booger. That's, no, no. I am having a hard time even so, understanding so anything you are saying give us right your now, declarative, Eve, I'll be Eve, honest with you. Eve, give us your declarative statement. Who wins this fight? Thor wins. Thor wins because Frieza is immature, despite the fact that he literally murders everyone with planet-sized energy blasts. Yeah, That's I not a like sign of maturity. Are you afraid he's like going to tell a like a, a dirty joke instead of fight? Where are you getting this, Eve? Ah, uh, Eve, you know, I got to just say, uh, hell yes. Thank you very much. Finally, this is what I'm talking about. This, this is, is the judge of the ages, Eve. I know people worship the ground you walk on. All I'm going to say is I get it. Thank you. Also, I, I do want to say this because no one mentioned this. You know, maybe Nick Fury could take down Thor with the word because like Thor's father, he also has an eye patch. That's intimidation. That's parental intimidation. That's why he could do that. Plus, he was prepared, had the all of the resources of S.H.I.E.L.D. and had years to figure that out. Yeah, but mostly the eye patch. But the eye patch, the eye patch is what did it. That's I agree 100%. Primal. Thank you. 
Much like Ray's screams at night, the eye patch is also primal. Eve, I got to tell you, you asked some great questions. You analyzed the heck out of this fight from like step one. I got to say, I loved having you on here. I was confident in Thor. I knew Ray would bring a great fight with Frieza. And I will say one thing. I need to congratulate Ray on something. You repped a Dragon Ball character really, really well. You should take that as a win, even though you didn't get the win. This should have been a win. I'm still play- going through my head to figure out where Eve is even coming from right now. I've never been more, I'll just say Eve, I'm not mad. No, I am. But I'm also disappointed. To The idea that Frieza, who hasn't necessarily been beaten into place until the character version later in life that I expressed who started taking it seriously, who isn't immature. So in other words, you didn't listen to my points when you made your final decision. And I am disappointed in you, Eve. I am disappointed. Stop relying on that arrogance. It's a downfall of so many people, right, Eve? If you can blow up the planet (laughs) that you're fighting on and the other person has shown an inability to deal with that, it doesn't matter how immature you are. You will win that fight. But I, but I forgot, has Thor never dealt with that before ever in his life? Not successfully, and I gave oh, you no. a specific he example. Has. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. This Thank is out- you. Eve, this is outrageous. The people at home are literally, I say it before, it's truly true. They have now mastered anti-gravity with their cars. They're not flying off the side of the road into lakes like normal. They are literally leaving the planet's surface and flying into the clouds because they cannot understand what just happened in front of them. Well, I hope they don't fly to another planet. Hashtag indoor voice, hashtag James Victory. Eve, I got to tell you, again, always a pleasure to have you on the show. I get it now, and I see, and all joking aside, I can see why fans take to you as a judge. Great job, as always. And I got to tell you, I really think you asked some great questions about Frieza to really make sure Frieza had a fair chance with this. And again, Ray did a great job repping a Dragon Ball character. We all seem to have grown from this episode, thanks to Eve. Again, I'm afraid of the Dragon Ball Z community. I take I I had so many friends who have named their cats Vegeta and Goku, and I'm like, I can't mess this up. I can't. But you did. <laughs> They're gonna be so mad at you. They enough, enough, enough. Simply outrageous. Simply outrageous. <laughs> okay, Eve. First of all, sorry, Ray. I'm I'm just very happy. I'm giddy. I'm giddy is what I can say. Eve, great job again. Please tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me in all social platforms. Eve E V E Esquire, all spelled out. All one word, no dots, no dashes. You go to YouTube, you type that in. I'm there. Twitter, I'm there. You Facebook, I'm there. But not on TikTok. On TikTok, you type in tiny evil dinosaur. And you can see him in little flip clips. Also, if you go on the TikTok, I call it the TikTok because I'm 40. You will, I'm now making feta pasta now. And I didn't even know what that was. But after 12 videos in a row, I'm doing it. Love it. Okay, everyone tune in for all things Eve Esquire. She's a national treasure. I said it. All right. You're very welcome. International treasure because you're from Canada. That's true. That's true. Ray, please tell our listeners where they can find you. You guys at home. Now, listen, I know that you're still listening. I know that you're still with me. Hashtag Ray was robbed. This, I mean, look, we all thought the Scooby-Doo battle was one of the most ridiculous outcomes, perhaps in the history of this show. My greatest battle ever, possibly. And Eve just said, hold my coffee i am going to i am going to take that battle and multiply it by 10 eve thank you for being a part of the show you were a delight and your dinosaur show while i have not seen it yet i will see it soon and i know that i will greatly enjoy it hashtag ray was robbed and i do not drink coffee i do not want that rumor out there well that's why you want me to hold it 
I don't know what to do with this, Ray. Hold it. <laughs> Thank Makes you. Sense. That's exactly it. <laughs> Guys, I am incredulous right now. I'll just be straight with you. I, it's not anger. It's more of bewilderment. Like, how, given the battles that the two of us presented and the counterarguments, would any human being come to that particular result? I know none of you at home did, and that's why hashtag Ray was robbed will now flood the internet. It's going to take over like a Kim Kardashian picture. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Use it proud after the 24 hours is up, of course. You can find me online at Almighty Ray. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. By the Bewildered. Way, by the way, this victory, I dedicate this vector, victory to uh, hashtag IMF intoxicating mind fog again ray i think you're the one who actually coined that term not lauren stone i'm pretty sure about that but the hashtag imf was used in full full force today as was the uh, hashtag imp infinite mass punch the kryptonite to race cicanus thank you very much uh, again you can find me on twitter instagram and facebook by typing in at james gadsy remember to join the official hoodwin facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community you can also find us on instagram at who would win show don't forget to subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever else you go for your podcasts and check out the who would win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes on behalf of myself race cicanus and the rest of the amazing who would win team thank you once again for listening to another episode of who would win. We'll see you next time. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps... You can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. No more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 